is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Tony Dorsett has scored his first touchdown as a pro. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Tony Hill, touchdown! Tony Hill! Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Mahindra. Find your nearest Mahindra dealer at texasmahindradealers.com. And by SWBC Mortgage. Prepare to win. Call SWBC for all your insurance needs. Now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. It's 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. And that means it is time for the Cowboys Legends Show. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola after a victory Sunday night, Mickey Spagnola. How about that? The teeter-totter continues to teeter, right? <laughs> win one, lose one, win one, lose one. and uh, Maybe they break that streak and they time. win a second in a row on that's Sunday right. night. It's absolutely it's the time. Texas State Championship game Sunday The bragging night. rights, right? <laughs> don't exactly get right. me started. <laughs> no Governor's Cup at stake, though, I don't think. Oh, where do you or think is that is? That's only for the preseason. That's just preseason? I don't know. Oh, I I. I the I'm governor thinking, hasn't spoken yet. I'm thinking if your team's got to get fired up because this is bragging rights game, then you're probably in trouble. But we are here for a different reason tonight. We've got a half man, a half monster up here. <laughs> We've got the manster, Randy White, in the house. Hello, manster. Well, hello, Bill. How are you? Doing very Glad well. Glad to be here. Good Mickey, to have you, how Randy. Are you doing, Mickey? Very good. To good. See y'all. Did, did you see him? He made an entrance, too. He did. That's you know? right. Yep. He's oh. used to this TV stuff, and he's, he'll make a grand entrance on you. Well, Bill, you saved me every Sunday, so, you know, right. I mean, hopefully but on I the like radio. the fact that he, he got the plug in right off the top there. You can catch <laughs> Randy White on CBS 11 every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for Cowboys game day. And Mickey, like you, he is 2-2 two and two on his Cowboy predictions this year. There you go. Bill gets a hard, gives me a hard time because I pick him to go undefeated every year. So, <laughs> just like Nate Newton, That's right? right. So he's got, he's got two wins against two the losses. Cowboys, and that was a very big win, wasn't it? No, it was an excellent win, especially coming back and winning the fourth quarter. You know, I always say, yeah, to win the fourth quarter. You know, they made a big play at the end of the game to come back and put yourself in field goal position and kick the ball and win. I mean, that's. That gets habit for me after a while. It builds confidence. So those type of games, that's the ones that set you on the course to keep going and winning and get off the titter-totter y'all are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and if you heard Randy on Sunday morning, he told you exactly the key to victory for the Cowboys, which was take what they give you. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's a standard line used by all coaches, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but also in the Giants game week two, he said – Hit him with a with a deep shot. Hit him with a deep shot right off the bat. He also told him to do that against Carolina, and they didn't watch the show apparently because they were they on didn't the listen. They didn't exactly pay any right. attention to me. But they, but they hit that deep shot to Tavon against the Giants, thanks to Randy White's strategy right there. So no, there you I, go. see there, I, they listened to uh, us. No, you, you told them to do that. I told them to protect the quarterback. That, that was a good one too. Mickey. That was good, you're, right? You're, you're going to be right every week too. <laughs> so Randy, how have you been? I've been excellent. I've what are you, been what excellent. are you up to these days? Me, not a whole lot. I'm just uh, here tonight to do this radio show. You know, I do the show on Sundays, and then during the week I stay busy uh, mowing grass and doing <laughs> different things around my house. But, you know, I'm, everything's good. So do you just have one TV gig going, or you got some more that we don't, don't know. know about? That's no. it? 
Channel 11, uh, uh, that Sunday morning show. I think I've been doing it for 15 years. Something like that. It's either yep. 14 or 15. Yep. And uh, I do a tailgate party out there at oh, the uh, right. tailgate tavern yeah. on game day. So, I, you know, my Sundays are, are pretty busy. And most of the time, Saturdays, this time of year, I have somewhere to go or be. So, And where were, were your lead-in for that Sunday thing? Because Nate and I are there Saturday night. Yeah, doing I mean, a little show. Well, it's a it's a it's a it's a great place, great place to watch the game, great great place to come to before the game, a great place to come to after the game. So, do you stay there and watch it, or do you go home and watch it? Well, this yeah. last week we had a twelve o'clock, so I had to do a, a show at our show at, at the stadium. At the stadium, yeah. So I waited till after I went and watched. Uh, the game there and then i did my little tailgate party after the game ah, Sunday. i see so very good so basically you just stay busy uh, on your uh ranch out there well there's spread well big... i have other things i do <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start going how many animals list. you got there out that there Randy? how many animals too many animals bill yeah i got yeah. 28 acres where i live 28 acres okay and i got about 25 cows 20 and one cow per acre does not work. So, <laughs> so I'm, but my cows are like my pets. So, yeah, so do you take care of them? Oh, yeah, I take care of them. Oh, not them. only does he take care of them, but they mind him. <laughs> well, he's the manster. Of course right? they mind him. No, they mind me because I feed them good. That's why they mind me. When we went out to his place to do, film him for whatever story we were working on, the cattle were on the far south side of his spread, right? Yeah. And we said, oh, that'd be kind of cool if we were interviewing you and the cattle were behind him. He goes, will you want him over here? And I said, yeah. And he kind of whistled and they came running. Really? He did throw some food out Cubes there for out him. there for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was the candy, uh, the feed. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And they it, came charging. Well, it's yeah. time for me to sell them right now. And they're like my dogs. I mean, that'd be like getting rid of my I've had them for like 15 years. And you usually trade them out about every 10 to 12 years. You, you, you trade out your cows. And, you know, I, I keep mine. So now I told my friend it's going to come get them out of there. So, so do you, is there an affection that you have for specific? Well, of course. When I come home, they meet you have me names the, for them? No, I don't okay, name them. Okay, that right. was my next I, question. <laughs> no, my neighbors out there. You know, when I first moved out to Prosper, there was no neighbors anywhere. But now I've got that Gentle Creek Golf Course backs in my backyard. So... But all the neighbors up there at the fence, I was wondering, why are my cows always hanging out up there by the fence? Well, this one man that lives up there goes to the Kroger store, and he buys about 20 packs of carrots, and he feeds my cows carrots. <laughs> They're all spoiled back there. So the neighbors got names for them all. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I saw all those cattle there, I said, golly, I said, what do those neighbors think of all, those cat, all the cows hanging out? He goes, it's free atmosphere for them. <laughs> they like it. They like waking up and looking out and not seeing uh, other houses out there and cows mooing and gives <laughs> <laughs> them the feeling they're in the country like we used to be. All right. So when you were drafted by the Cowboys out of Maryland, mid seventies, did you ever did you think that you would wind up being on a spread with uh, twenty eight cows? No. No, I always. Did you grow up? Did you grow up in that environment at all? Or? See, I grew up. I had, I had the best of both worlds. I probably came from the most rural of rural uh, areas up in Pennsylvania, a little coal mining town. And my grandfather had a pigeon shoot every Sunday, 
A what? A pigeon shoot. Okay. I, don't, <laughs> I think I you, understand what that means. You shoot live pigeons, I got Nikki, you. you put them in a box, and you, and you <laughs> tie their tail feathers together, and when they come out of the box, they go like this, and you, you have a – it's a big gambling thing back there. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. But he used to keep – my grandfather <laughs> used to keep the pigeons uh, in the, in the uh, middle of the pig pen because the pigs – would keep all the varmints, the weasels, the snakes, the, the pigs would keep them all from getting to the cows. So when I was a little kid, I still got movies of me. I never rode bulls or steers, but I rode pigs when I was a little did kid. Did you really? Yeah, I did. So, uh, you know, but that was... And you have movies of this. Yes, We've I do been. have that documented. Yeah, I do. We need that. to see some. Yeah. No, you're never going to see them. And I'm sure it, it was bareback too, right? Yeah, of course. We didn't have a saddle for the saddle pigs, them Mickey. Up? No. <laughs> saddle for the pigs. <laughs> no, that's so, that's so, pretty country. Yeah, and then uh, you know, then where I grew up in Delaware, which was about an hour and a half away, that was about as city as you could get. Everything was concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to look to find grass. But uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> so I I got the best of both worlds, and I came to Texas, and I went back home my first year, and I bought a farm back there. Uh, stayed back there in the off season for about the first three years, and then I got to be to where I needed to be here in Texas, and was being successful with the Cowboys. So I moved down here and uh, lived in a neighborhood for all my years as a player. And when I retired, uh, I wanted to move out in the country. I wanted to move to Athens, Texas, to be okay. honest with you, all because right. I like the Athens. I love the area, the rolling hills, the trees, the fishing. Probably a lake area. Oh, great lakes and fishing. I was talking to one gentleman up here about going fishing. Well, I'm going, I've got a friend down there that has a nice ranch, and uh, going to go down there and go fishing here before too long. But uh, it was too far to get back and forth to go to the airport. And... I ended up moving up to Prosper, which was my trade-off. Which you thought was the country. It was the country at yeah. the time. There was nothing in Frisco, and uh, there was nothing here. I mean, nothing. This was all right. cotton fields. And then Prosper, you know, that was all cotton fields. And when I was a rookie, on our days off, I used to go with Leroy Jordan over here to Pilot Point. And we leave Dallas. I thought this was a hundred miles away from everything. <laughs> and we go up there, and Leroy had cows out there, and we check Leroy's cows, and then we drive back home, and we'd stop in Frisco, and there's a place called the Royal Drive-In, and all the, if you want to know anything was happening in this part of the world, you stopped at this Royal Drive-In in Frisco, and Leroy knew everybody, and then I end up knowing everybody. So, anyway, that's the transition. How I ended up where I am now, Bill. How, how you became a cowboy, a yeah. real cowboy. Yeah. Did they build uh, the... I got a sign hangs right next to my door. It said, it's never too late to be a cowboy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Did they build a residential community across the street from you yet? They're in the process. Yeah. Every day I look over there, another one goes up. Oh, really? Yeah. He's Before got all this... You're going to have to move to Oklahoma to get to the country. Well, here's my dilemma, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> about 25 years ago, my buddy up there, Dan Christie, who's a land guy up there, came to me and said, White, we need to, uh, we need to buy some property up uh, north of here. And I said, for what? He said, someday this is going to be filled up and we're going to need to move down there. So anyways, we bought some acreage up in uh, South May, Texas, okay. up near Sherman. Okay. Well, Dan died. 
I'm going to be 66 years old on my next birthday. I don't want to move up there in the middle of anywhere, nowhere. I like having a grocery store and a doctor and everything right in my backyard. So, you know, I'll probably stay so you there. Got, you got some land up there for sale then, huh? No, I'm not okay. going to sell it. I'm also <laughs> keep it. I like to go up there and look at it every once in a while. <laughs> so right. we, one last question before okay. we – so you said the guy's, the guy's going to come and get your cattle. Right. What, what are they going to do with them? Is well, they're going like to take them to the, You want to know the truth? They're going to take yes. them to the sale. Okay. And they're going to get bought by the killer, and they're going to. Going to be steak. And we're going to eat them at McDonald's or somewhere. All right. Whataburger, somewhere. That's where they're going to end up. Might be served right here at the Cowboys Club. That's why I don't. Yeah, they're good ones. I mean, yeah. they're good ones. <laughs> prime beef. They're prime. So, yeah, they might end up here. But that's, you know, that's. Uh, that's why I don't want to be there. Then what are you yeah. going to do if you don't you don't have them to take care of? Well, I'm going to keep a few around. Just, okay. You know, I'm not going to totally get rid of them, but I'm going to I'm going to have a few running around out there. Some of your favorites. Well, there'll be new favorites. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, we're just getting started with Randy White. We'll talk some football with the Manster oh, when no. we come back in just a moment. It's a touchdown. To the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. For more than 40 years, SWBC has been helping people, companies, and financial institutions prepare to win in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more. This is the Dallas Cowboys Legends Show from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Bill Jones and Mickey Spagnola with our special Legends guest this week, the great Randy White, and we've got Danny Sarek with the wireless microphone roaming the Cowboys Club. Hello, Danny. How are Hi, you? Hi, guys. I'm all the way back here today. Randy, our first question comes from Rachel from Kansas City. Hi, Randy. Hi, Rachel. Hi. I was just wondering, we were all talking here, since you have a ranch, we were just wondering, have you ever... Um, Calf roped. Yeah, calf roped. Have I ever calf roped? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never calf roped. But Have you ever wanted to? No. <laughs> I think the next question is, do you want to learn? No. Yeah, yeah, Rachel, do you want to learn? Because no. I can teach you. No. So Rachel, Rachel is a calf roper, huh? I am, actually. All right. Well, Rachel, I'm a little over the hump for the calf roping, but I did when I retired from football. I, uh, I started team roping. Thank you. And I do have an arena out there at my house, and I, I team roped for about 16, 17 years and uh, really, really enjoyed it. But unfortunately, my knees and my wrist and my, my neck and my back started acting up, and I ended up uh, semi-retiring from uh, team roping. But I got my knee replaced about six months ago, and it's feeling really good. So I'm, I'm really considering buying a couple horses and going back to roping. Now, I can tell you a f funny story. When I first wanted to rope, I called Walt Garrison. Well, I was gonna, I, Walt that was, was here my last next, week. That was Mickey my was, next question because he was here last week. Right. Well, well, I called Walt, and I said, Walt, I said, I want to rope. He said, well, come out to the house. He said, I got a horse you can ride. I got, I got a rope you can use. He said, I got steers. And so I go out to Walt's house. He watched me ride, a rope, ride the horse. He watched me swing the, swing the rope, and he says, Randy, you can't ride a horse or swing a rope. He says, you got to learn to do one or the other. So I have a neighbor out there in Prosper, a guy named Punk Carter, and I went to Punk's. He's a, he's a cowboy. He was a calf roper, but he was a cutting horse guy. And uh, I rode eight or nine horses a day. I pinned cattle. I 
I did everything with the horse. So I got a quick crash course in, in learning about horses and started roping. And I only cut my thumb off one time in all that all those years. So uh, you cut yeah, your I thumb really, off? I cut it off. Yeah, that run you, right there. Put it back on? Yeah, they sewed it back on. It was hanging by, uh, <laughs> by the skin. And I went to the house and I taped it back up and I went back out and tried to rope. And it wouldn't work. It didn't I couldn't work, feel huh? it. So I went to the IHOP and ate, and I bled all over the table at IHOP. <laughs> and then and I went to the hospital. And luckily, the, the, uh, luckily I had a good surgeon in there, and, and he took it, and he sewed it back together, and he took the old fingernail, peeled it off, and used it as a splint. And and I can still use it today. So am I supposed to believe? <laughs> Mickey, you know me for a lot of years. You know I don't lie. So do you, did, they, did they reattach like the nerves? Like you you have feeling in there? That's numb. It's, it's numb right now. Oh, okay, I don't have okay. total. It's not totally functional, but it's <laughs> it's so, good. So Walt wouldn't give you lessons. No, he did once he I learned did. how to once ride a you horse. Learned, oh, you had to learn to ride the horse. You got to learn to ride a horse. I, I mean, see. You know, <laughs> There's I, prerequisites. I roped that dummy till it was wore out, you know, but uh, that's what you do. You rope the dummy. And the dummy doesn't move, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So what was the worst injury you had on a football field? The worst injury I ever had on a football field was I broke my foot. Uh, that's when I missed. I missed a game. We played on Sunday, and... You missed Wade, one game with a broken foot. Wade Key yeah. clipped me from behind on my foot, and I broke that first metatarsal in there. Mm-hmm. Very painful. Yeah. And I went out there. I tried to play on Thanksgiving. We played Houston, and I couldn't go. Short week. Yeah, I could If the game was on Sunday, you would have played. If it was on Sunday, I'd have made it. Yeah. But they didn't have time <laughs> to get everything. I ended up getting a metal plate for in my shoe, and, you know, I would shoot it up before the game, shoot it up at halftime, and then I wouldn't really? practice all week. Wow. And, uh, but <laughs> anyway. Did, did they have to tie you down not to go out and put your uniform on? Uh, you know, I didn't mind not practicing, Mickey, because oh, okay. I tell you, I'll be honest with you, it did hurt, you know. <laughs> it, it did hurt. and uh, But Sundays it didn't, I promise you. Sundays we had that right medicine connection to where I could get out there and go for about an hour and a half, and then then I was done for another week. You, did, you didn't need another round to finish after that hour and a half no, kind and, of wore off? And and the thing that year, I made the Pro Bowl. And I remember I well, he made the Pro Bowl about every year. But go yeah, ahead. Like no. nine <laughs> times. Yeah, but I, I made the Pro Bowl, and I and I told the Cowboys, I said, "Look, I'm not going to go. I got a broke foot. I said I think I'm going to miss this Pro Bowl." Yeah. And Tex got mad at me because I wouldn't go to the Pro Bowl and play in the Pro Bowl. That's a true story. Really? Yeah, he got mad at me. Because he wanted you to represent the Cowboys. Well, he wanted to the represent Cowboys. the Cowboys in the, in the game. I guess he figured so out. So was, was it in Hawaii? Yeah, it was in Hawaii. Yeah. Were you still getting paid to, to play in the game, or did you get paid anyway? No, I didn't get paid. No, back then, Mickey. They didn't it, pay you to go to play in the Pro Bowl? Well, they did if you played. But, oh, but if you didn't. If you didn't show up, you weren't getting anything. Oh. Back then, the winners got 5000 The losers got 2500 and I remember Claude Humphrey, one year we were playing, we are over there in the, and before the game, Claude Humphrey looks at me and goes, Randy, he said, we got to win this game. I said, really? He says, yeah. He says, I just bought a new stereo set, and I need the 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. I mean, we used to. We used That's, to. So there was some real incentive. We that used extra to play. We used to play 120 percent. I mean, we tried to win that game. 
not just because we wanted to win. We wanted to get the extra 5000 to pay nope. for the trip over there. No brother-lawing, huh? No, no. We had no brother-law. Not No, I don't want to say anything about what they do now. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but, back, but it's pretty obvious what happens now. Yeah. 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 yeah you want to uh, play? You, you, you want to go? No. Okay. All right. We'll take I the was, playoff. I was with Anthony Munoz a couple of weeks ago, and he was – playing left tackle for whatever reason in a Pro Bowl back then. He was a young guy, I'm sure. And I was talking about Webster and Hanna. I played against them for nine years in a row because each one made the Pro Bowl the same time I did, and they double-teamed me. Webster would double-team me every Pro Bowl. And I looked at him one time. Dave Butts was playing the other tackle. And I looked at Webster. I said, Webster, go block Butts. I said, he's a good player. He says, no, Randy, we're doubling you all day. <laughs> so... I had Leroy Selman out there playing in next to me, and I said, Leroy, you know, you couldn't stunt in the Pro Bowl. Uh-huh. Well, I broke that rule. <laughs> <laughs> I told Leroy, I said, Leroy, next pass play, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to split that gap. I said, Hannah and Webster are going to be chasing me. I said, you take three steps up the field and come around. And I made him most valuable player and a defensive player for two years in a row till they figured out what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take us back to draft day 1975. You were the number two overall pick of the Dallas Cowboys. What was draft day like for you? You know. <laughs> it wasn't anything like what draft day we is like now. We were aware of the draft, but I was over in the dorm at Maryland. Yep. And uh, the Baltimore Colts had the number one pick in the draft. And they kept coming down there and telling me, we're picking you number one. You're going to be the number one pick. It was 30 minutes from where I went to school. You're going to be the number one pick. So I think I'm going to Baltimore. Well, the night of the draft, Baltimore takes their number one pick, trades it to Atlanta. Atlanta takes Steve Bartkowski. Dallas has a number two pick from trading Craig Morton to New York. And they pick me. So now I think I'm going to run 30 minutes up the road to go to Baltimore. Now I got to get on an airplane and go to Texas. Had <laughs> you ever been here before? I've never been to Texas. Maybe I never went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to see people with horses and cowboy hats. And all I saw was people in coats and ties, no cowboy hats. And the thing I remember most, Gil Brandt took me. Uh, we stopped and bought two cases of Coors beer. Okay. On the way home, and I put it on a plane. I got got to back to Maryland. I went to the dorm. I was a hero for about two hours. Because you had Coors. Because I had Coors beer because we couldn't get that back in Maryland and, and that East Coast back there. It wouldn't go across the uh, Kansas-Missouri uh, border. But anyway, <laughs> I, Bill, I got away from answering your question. Uh, draft day, uh, our, our uh, athletic director, Jack Zane, he calls me and goes, Randy, you've been taken by the Cowboys. And uh, and so, anyway, that's, that's and that how was I was. So, and that's and, how I, you found and I went over Cowboys. to the Coalfield house, and I got on the phone and blah, 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 and you've been a Cowboys. I said, good. Well, I'm, you know, I'm being, I'll see you in a minute. I'll be down there on the airplane. A couple of cases of Coors, and I'll be good with so you. So that's how yeah. you, you find <laughs> out. They give you a phone call, right? Yeah, I got a phone call. There was not, not what they do today. You right. Know. Yeah, so it was. Uh, so the Cowboys, so everybody understands, uh, their dilemma uh, at that time was to take either Randy White or Walter Payton. Yeah. And Walter Payton went number four to the Chicago Bears. Because for some reason, it was Baltimore, right? Baltimore picked third. They took Ken and they Huff. Took they took Ken, Ken Huff. Huff, a guard from North Carolina. A guard. A guard mm-hmm. a, instead of Walter Payton. 
or Steve Barkowski. I was always yeah, said I my, had the first pick over. Yeah, originally. Who was yeah. the? Do you remember who their quarterback was at that time? Atlantis. No, uh, Baltimore. Like they passed on Barkowski, who? No, it was Burt Jones. Bert, oh, Bert, oh, yeah, oh, Burt Jones, Jones at LSU. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, Burt was a quarterback down there. Yeah, well, that's okay then. Yeah, Burt was a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Then Barkowski kind of put. He the wasn't Falcons. Johnny Unitas, but he was a pretty darn good. Yeah, he quarterback. was pretty darn yeah. good. Yeah. But the but, Cowboys' dilemma was who to take, and the morning of the draft, they decided they had done some research, and it said that defensive tackles last longer in the NFL than running backs. But I thought that or they were going to make you the middle whatever, linebacker. You that, were going to be Leroy's replacement, right? Well, you know, that, I always that, the other part, you know, for my first two years, that middle linebacker experiment didn't work out too good because when they snapped the ball and dropped back for a pass, I was wanting to go forward, <laughs> and I was supposed to go backwards, and I was always a beat off. I really was. I mean, it was never a position I felt comfortable in. And you were much better going forward. Yes. Yeah. But the whole time, the first couple of years, I'm thinking, God, dog, they could have had Walter Payton, man. He's been all pro. <laughs> I said, they're going to think I'm a flop. You know? <laughs> and, I and I didn't want to be a flop. So the, when they moved me, Coach Landry calls me in my third year. And, he's, you know, I backed up Ed and Harvey, and I backed up the tackles, and they let me pass rush sometimes. And uh, I, Coach Landry actually asked me, he said, Randy, what do you think about moving us moving you inside to play defensive tackle? And I told him, I said, Coach, I just want to play football. I said, I'll play wherever you want me to play. I said, if you just give me an opportunity, I'll do the best job I can for you. And uh, he moved me in there, and I thought, you know, we had Harvey Martin at end. We had Tutal. We had Jethro and uh, Larry Cole with the other tackle. So I figured if I don't make it here, I'm in trouble. You know, because I was covering Dorsett one-on-one -on -one out of the backfield, and I'm wow. going, this, that, this, this ain't going to work. How'd that, tur how'd that turn out? <laughs> you know, you know how that turned out. I kept looking at the back of his jersey running down the field all the time. I said, this ain't going to work for me. And they needed a replacement for Mr. Cowboy Bob Lilly, and I think they found a pretty good replacement. It just took tackle. a while. Yeah. But, that, but that was another thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I get in the defensive tackle spot. And, you know, I start having some success. I feel like somebody took the handcuffs off, off me and let me go run. And uh, so I started having some success. And then they start comparing me to Bob Lilly. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. If I do this for 12 or 13 or 14 years, then compare me to Bob. But I said, until then, no, just leave me alone. But uh, Well, the com uh, comparison works, though, for both of you. Of two first ballot Hall of Famers, Bob Lilly and Randy White, a defensive tackle for the Cowboys. All right, we continue with the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Randy White, on the Cowboys Legends Show in just a moment. It's a touchdown. Oh, Big Ben struck midnight. To the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Fans United, where you can find game day gear for every Cowboys fan. Visit Shop fansunited.com to find a location near you. Welcome back to the Dallas Cowboys Legends Show here at the Cowboys Club here at the Star in Frisco. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola. Our Legends guest is the great Randy White. and We've got a real treat here because we got another legend in our midst. <laughs> Country yeah. singer Neil McCoy is in the hey, house. Hello, right, Neil McCoy. Neil, hey, right. hey, hey, when you said country music singer legend, Randy even started laughing. He couldn't hold himself back. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, it's great to, to see you here at the Star. What brings you to the Star in Frisco? Man, it's kind of crazy. We, uh, we'd come up 
uh, I came up here because I'm a huge fan, and I know this is for obvious reasons, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Not only the Dallas Cowboys, but the cheerleaders. Uh, but I've done a lot of USO tours, 15 USO tours, and on every one of those tours, I've had some configuration of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders with me. So today I said the Pledge of Allegiance on my Facebook page for the 1,000th consecutive day. Wow. And I wanted to, uh, I was wanting to do something really special, so I thought I'd come up with, with these, this organization and say the Pledge of Allegiance. So we just set it out there on a cow, uh, cowboy way. And yep. uh, we set it together, for, and I go Facebook Live, and we've got hundreds of thousands of viewers. So they, it was a big deal for them, to, and, and for me, too. And I ran into Mickey. We're out there. We just got through uh, taking the tour of the, of the, of the place uh, this yeah. afternoon, and Mickey came out, saw our bus, and, and we judge. We're judges together of the Dallas Cup. Make it oh, a team. Uh, you, you've so got two of y'all go way back. Two see, of the best judges they have, right? See, Mickey uh, being uh, from uh, Chicago, I didn't take him for being much of a country mu music listener. But right. but, <laughs> but now you know where we met. Cowboys cheerleader tryout. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what's oh, the how connection? Do I know yeah, yeah there, I got there's you. the connection. Now, there's an East Texas connection here because you're from Jacksonville, Texas, yes, right? Yes, and Randy has fished a lot of lakes in East Texas, right? He has. Randy? Right before we even came on the air, he was telling me about all the the great fishing spots. He knows them. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get those spots from him. Oh, well, I tell you, <laughs> I loved East Texas. We talked earlier. I was I wanted to move to Athens when I retired, oh, yeah. but 175 <laughs> was a two lane road, and it took too long to get to back get, and forth to the airport. But <laughs> that's uh, right. You know, I love East Texas, and I love the fishing. I love the people, and uh, you know. People used to think, actually think, because I spent so much time down there fishing, yeah. that I was f from uh, East Texas. You and know, you Lake just thanked Fork. them, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, That's yeah. Great bass great. lake. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Neil McCoy, you got your big break winning a talent contest in Man. 1981 hosted by Janie Fricky. I grew up in Irving, and I, oh, I yeah. love Janie Fricky. I do, with, too. With Johnny Duncan. Well, she was yeah. – it's funny you mentioned Johnny and Janie. Janie was, was working with Charlie Pride's booking and management agency. And she judged this contest and, and came up to me after it and said, and said a, a guy I worked with, Charlie Pride, has helped Earl Thomas Conley, Ronnie Millsap, Dave and Sugar, Janie Fricky. A lot of folks get started. I, I don't know if he's still interested in helping people, but she ended up introducing him to me, and, and we met, and I worked with him for about five years through the early 80s into the mid-80s, traveled all over the world. And through that, I finally ended up getting a sign, sign a record deal and ended up having a few hits in the 90s. So everything's been pretty good for us. How'd so, you end up getting uh, hooked up with the Cowboy Cheerleaders? Uh, well, I dated one. That's a joke. <laughs> I could be so lucky. I've been married 38 years, so I just hope my wife wasn't listening to that joke because that won't be funny when I get home. I'm glad we're having a good laugh now. We knew you were just kidding, Bill. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Randy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you can tell by looking at me and looking at Chili. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's in his dreams. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> but I, I, met, I met him first when I went on my first USO tour in 2001 with Wayne Newton and a bunch of folks, and, and I just fell in love with, with the organization. They were telling me how many tours those girls have done, and they've done the, the, the Cowboys Cheerleaders organization has done over 80 USO tours. And those girls are going when we're at Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, when they want to be home too, they're going out and hugging these, these troops and thanking them for their time and their service. And I just fell in love with them. I found out, dug into a little research, and, and I just I love what they stand for. They're America's sweethearts. So when we do the uh, judging, when they have the tryouts, this, this is the funniest SOB you've ever seen. <laughs> he can say some things that'll just make you cry. Because yeah. when, when we judge, you know, we, we do scores and everything, and then we yeah. go in the room and we start debating and deliberating. And some of the things this guy says, it's well, like he gets himself in trouble when he goes home, by the way. <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, Kelly and, and 
Judy. Judy and Charlotte just had me there for comic relief. But but they give you a whole sheet. And Mickey and Mickey is ju- he's a good judge because they'll give you a sheet of paper on the girl, and you got a whole, whole bunch of different things you can check for remarks and all this stuff. And and I don't even write anything on them. If a girl does for me, I just write hot, real big. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why Kelly's got me there. She said, and he's telling the truth, too, by the way. <laughs> she said, we just need one good redneck, red-blooded guy to say what he thinks. So I said, I'm your guy. So I just write down hot or no way or can't do nothing with her head or something. I don't know. CMT I don't know. loves them, too, by yeah. the way, because they're filming this for the yeah. weekly TV show. Sure. Yeah. I think it's airing right now, as a matter of fact, it is on, on Thursday yeah. nights. Yeah. yeah. How can Randy get involved in this? No, 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 no. I'm going to no. hook you up, Randy. No, no, I'm married, too. I don't need to get anything with the jewelry. I was, too, before I came on no, the show. Like, there, yeah. Before I made that joke. Hey, I'm too old to start over there. <laughs> Me, too. I understand. So hey, you, you grew up a cowboy? Band in East Texas? Yes, sir. You bet. Yeah, just right over 100 miles. Jacksonville, Texas, and I graduated junior college and moved to Longview, Texas. I've always been a huge Cowboy fan. Big, big fan of his and, and that era that I know you were 75 to 84, 85. 88. 88. 88. Oh, yeah. God. You yeah. were still playing when you were old. Yeah, I was what old. What were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I, yeah, I grew well, up You in were huge getting fan. busy with your career about then. Yeah, so, <laughs> wasn't too yeah. far after that. Yeah. I was trying. You know, Charlie Pride always uh, goes out to or would go out to spring training with the Rangers. You can have the same kind of relationship with the Cowboys here. That's right. Yeah, yeah, look at me. That's what I want to do. I want to go train train with the Cowboys. (laughs) So uh, do you have a a tour stop? Are you still playing on the road? Yeah, we're on the road, Mickey, 200 days a year. We leave tonight. As soon as I get here, we leave. We play in Wisconsin. Day after tomorrow, and then we play in Indianapolis on Saturday, and then we play in Perry, Georgia on Monday, and go back up north. So we run, run, run. And still on that bus that's outside? Still on that bus that's outside. As long as it's running, it breaks down a lot. That's just the way it is. So how many people travel on that bus? We got about nine. Okay. Yes, sir. I used to, when I was making more money, I used to have my (laughs) I didn't have my own bus, but we kind of split it up. Had about four or five people on each bus. But now uh, we're, we're not having hits on the radio anymore so we all just bunch up and ride in one but it's fun you know it's just i'm i'm not I'm, i don't know an nfl locker room but i assume it's kind of like that it's just the camaraderie of doing it just being out and hanging with the guys yep. you know it's just yep. as goofy and corny as that sounds sometimes uh it's i'd hate to think that i that would ever quit because you just lose it i don't i don't know what these guys do when they grow so used to it and then the next thing you're not in a locker room the next spring. It's, it's an adjustment, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Some guys do it better than others. But, yeah. uh, you know, in our – back when I played, we were big fans of the country western guys. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, Willie and Whalen and, yeah. and, and the whole crew. And my, one of my fondest memories is 1975, we lost the Super Bowl in Miami. And Jimmy, Willie, Whalen, Jimmy Buffett, yeah. Willie, Whalen, Jerry Jeff were at the oh, after God. party. And it was everybody was moping around, right? They were moping around, and Jimmy Buffett gets up and goes, "Barmaid, bring a pitcher." That's it. <laughs> and and you'd that's have, all it took. You'd have thought we won that game, and I got to get up on stage and sing "Up Against the Wall," "Redneck, Redneck Mother" Buddy. with that's Willie. Great. That, that was that was a memory that I'll was, never that forget. Was, that, was, that was the highlight of that Super Bowl. It was. It was for all of, for everybody. <laughs> Way to go, Bill. I was going to ask him if they wanted to sing together. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few lines. Because Randy's been known to sing, you know, on some of these I know shows. Is. Mickey, I, I quit drinking 15 years ago. <laughs> so I, when did you quit singing 15 to, years ago? I used ago? to think I could drink. That's when I quit singing, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Hey, I'm going to get out of here. Right. We, okay. we got to run. I can't, I, I can't thank you enough. I knew y'all were doing 
talking with Randy, and, and I just, man, I just want to no, come no, up stay and here. say howdy. Shoot, that's a, that's a big deal <laughs> no, to me. No, we appreciate you, man. It's a real, yes, sir, you're real, real treat to, to, real treat to have you here. Hey, Thank you very much. Along with right, our Cowboys you. legend, Randy White, we'll have more with the Manster when the Cowboys legend show continues in a moment. It's a touchdown. Oh, Big Ben struck midnight. To the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. And welcome back to the Star in Frisco. And this is the Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and the great Randy White. We just had Neil McCoy. And during the break, I was on his Facebook page. You can check it out. The Facebook Live is posted there on Neil McCoy's Facebook page. The 1,000th day of him reciting the Pledge of Allegiance with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders today here at the Star in Frisco. Every one of them out there, too. If there's 36, all 36 were out there with him. And, uh, you know, he's been doing this now, if you think, at three three. One thousand days, days. That's, that's like three, three years. years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Danny Sarek has the wireless microphone here at the Cowboys Club. Danny. Hi, guys. I've got Drisco from Frisco with our next question. Were you hey, trying uh, to rhyme for yeah, us? Is that the deal here? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Randy, uh, so you have a distinction of being a co-VP in Super Bowl twelve with Harvey Martin. My question is, that's very unusual, but not only being co-VP, but two defensemen. What did y'all do that was so special? Bring it back to us. What, what, what made that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you were great. I mean, you know, I used to eat your barbecue you had... place. I know you had good barbecue, but what did you do out there in that field? Maybe you need to ask well, Craig Morton, well, who was no. quarterback of the Denver Broncos that game. No, actually, you know, actually that year, our defense, we really had a, had a great defense. And Harvey, if they would have kept track of the number of sacks, Harvey would still have the record to the, today for the most sacks in a season. Uh, and in that particular game, I think the, the, the most valuable player, you know, Ed Jones could have been the MVP of that game. Randy Hughes got an interception and a fumble in the first half. Randy Hughes could have been a most valuable player in that game. But one of our goals going into the game is we knew we couldn't let Craig Morton sit back in that pocket and throw the football because he could hurt you if you did that. And we were able to put a lot of pressure on him that day. And I think from a defensive standpoint, uh, that really stood out. The fact that uh, Craig Morton couldn't throw the football, we put a lot of pressure on it. And... uh, Fortunately, or, or, you know, it was my birthday. Maybe they thought they were giving me a birthday. It was January 15th. Was it, was, it really? Yeah, it was yeah. my birthday. We played on the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, Harvey and I were, were lucky enough to get uh, chosen to be the MVPs of the game. But to answer your question, there's a lot of guys that could have been MVPs in that, in that particular game. But they picked Harvey and I, and it was a great honor. And uh, Ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah, right? Yeah, on the corner of Sports Illustrated. Harvey, I was standing on the sidelines, and the clock was winding down. And Harvey comes up, and he puts his arm around me. And that's a picture that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That wasn't a stage. And he goes, hey, we're MVPs of the game. You know, I looked at him like, and that just didn't sink in on me, right? <laughs> and, and the next morning, the big deal was you get up and you get to go on television on Good Morning America. Well, I stayed up all night. When they knocked on my door, I didn't answer it. So Harvey, Harvey was the first one in line, and I, I missed that appearance on the national television. But, 
you know, hopefully that answers your question. We had a defensively, you know, our offense played good too. Obviously, Roger could have been MVP. Uh, Robert Newhouse for throwing a uh, option pass could have been. I mean, so many guys played well. Uh, but Harvey and I were fortunate enough to get chosen to co-MVPs in that game. I just pulled up the box score from that Super Bowl, and the Broncos had a total. Here were their passing numbers that day. They were 8 for 25 for 61 yards, four interceptions, and they were sacked four times. Harvey got them twice, you got them once. Yeah, and we, we were all over them, our must, whole defense. Must have had a bad play caller. <laughs> <laughs> offensive coordinator didn't know what he was doing, right? Well, I think it was more their offensive line kind of cratered in that particular <laughs> game. We whipped them pretty good. So right. Morton told me the story uh, when he found out that they were going to make a change on their offensive line uh, and somebody was going to start, like, for the first time and he was going to be in front of you. Yeah. And he said, he said that uh, the head coach was red. Uh, Red Miller. Miller. Red Miller. And he said he, we, they had this meeting and they announced that so-and-so was going to start at guard at, or center. I can't remember which it, it was. It was the center because Tom, Tom Glassick was the uh, guard I played okay. against. Yeah. And All the right, center. so it was the Mike center. Mike Yeah. And, and, and Morton told the story. <laughs> Morton told the Mike story. Mike Mottler, according yeah. to yeah, yeah, football yeah. reference. And, and Morton says, <laughs> we walked out of the meeting and I, I looked at the coach and I said, what are we doing? And he goes, well, well, this is going to be the best thing. And he said, I said to myself, we're toast. <laughs> we are toast. That guy will never block Randy White, you know, and he kind of knew, you know. And uh, So did did you guys get each get a car? Yeah, we each got a car. They didn't cut it in half? Or no, anything? no. We went to New York, and uh, the guy gave us each a new Thunderbird car, and uh, we got – the disappointing thing was we got to drive it for a year. I thought they gave it to you. What do you mean a year? A year. You got you to did, keep it for a year. It was like a end, rental. Yeah. At the you end of the year. It for a year. Yeah. You either give it back to them <laughs> or, or you, you have an option it? to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't say that part of it. And I hit a deer. I took it back home and I hit a deer going up to Pennsylvania <laughs> and, and total mine. So I never got to keep the car anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd that work as far as the tax goes? I don't know. Pay taxes on it? I'm sure I yeah. did, Bill. I'm All right. sure I did. Um, all right. You're obviously a member of the Ring of Honor. I've always said that Ed Tutal Jones should be a member of the Ring of Honor. Harvey Martin should be also. I'd like to get your opinion on some of the guys that uh, aren't in that should be in. Well, you look at uh, some of these great players that played for the Cowboys. Harvey Martin being one of my teammate. I always stick up for Ed and Harvey. I mean, Ed, if you kept track of – the distractions he did on the quarterback from raising his arm, how many passes he blocked, how many times he made that quarterback pull up so Harvey and I could sack him. Uh, you know, Ed and Harvey are two of the greatest players that have ever played. I think it would be great if they both went in together. I do too, know, Bill. Right I, I really do. That would, be, uh, that would be a fabulous thing. And, you know, there's a lot of other players uh, that I think, you know, Everson Walls, you know, Everson was a great player, you know, and he's been mentioned uh, for the for the Hall of Fame. His name's on the list and different things. So, you know, but I always go to bat for Ed and Harvey, you know, Charlie Waters, you know, Charlie was a great player. So, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I don't make that decision, but I I will continue to politic for my buddies and and, uh, hopefully someday that, you know, they get in there. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, too tall and hands in the air yep. and we were discussing today uh david irving 
kind of the size of too tall. I think he's an inch shorter. Right. Or maybe two inches shorter. And they were trying to decide, you know, we're going to watch him play because he hasn't practiced in four weeks. He was suspended. You know, we'll see if evaluate, see how he does. And I'm thinking, well, shoot. If you just have him stand at the line of scrimmage, put his arms up, put his arms straight up, and <laughs> it's almost like a pressure for the quarterback. You know, and, and the unique thing, and the thing about him, Mickey, is usually a tall guy has a tough, tough problem uh, because of the leverage in the middle. You know, remember John Dutton had to came in; he was six eight, played next to Ed. He had a lot of problems uh, at first getting down. Well, Irvin's tall, but he doesn't have problems making penetration in there. He's got a unique uh, ability to get in there and not only get his hands up on the line of scrimmage, but he can get depth into that backfield. He's, he's an excellent player, and he gets back in there. He can make a big difference. They just need to make sure he's ready physically so he don't go out there. You wait on him for four weeks, and then he gets hurt. Well, he's going to have fresh legs. That's and, true. And you can't, you can't – uh, you can't wear him out. You know, get him in there in key situations when he can turn it loose. And then, you know, here I go again, giving advice. Bill Jones. No, this, is, this is part of your pregame show That's exactly already. Right. How about the way Demarcus Lawrence is playing? He's now, oh. after getting three sacks of uh, Stafford the other day, he's now leading the league in sacks well, at five and a half. He's made a believer out of me. I mean, he's a real deal. He's doing it against everybody. He's doing it consistently. You know, if he can keep this up, we need to get another guy like Irvin in there that can help him out, you know, so they got to Crawford's count. done a good job. Oh, he's done an excellent yeah. job. He's, he's, a, he's more of a, uh, a bull strong type guy rather than that quick, right. quick move. But he's done an excellent job when they're running those stunts in there. He's the one that's clearing two guys out. So when, when uh, Lawrence comes around, he's got, a, he's got a clean shot in there. Sort of like the Pro Bowl. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know. <laughs> there you go. I'm That's learning right. here. Oh, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Leroy Selman in Pro Bowl. Yeah. He got the MVP of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, but no, no. He's doing he's doing great, Bill. I mean, and that's what you need. I mean, if you're going to be a good defense, you got to have guys that can consistently put pressure on that quarterback. The sacks are great, but if you can consistently pressure him, you got it made. And then we got a matchup on Sunday night against a Houston Texans team that has this J.J. Watt who's got five sacks the last couple of games. And Jadavian Clowney had his best game of the year against Indianapolis on Sunday, a couple of sacks and four tackles for loss. It's going to be it's going to be a handful for the Cowboys offensive line Sunday night. Well, if, if that J.J. Watts is healthy, he's he's a handful. You know, if he's healthy, he's going to – we're going to have to count for him, and, and then they got Clowney. So here's here's the combination that you want. You want to have a couple guys in there that you can't just focus on one. But uh, so you have any advice for the offense? Well, you want me to give some advice? Yeah. If they start coming after you too strong, run that drawing screen. Don't be afraid to do it. Yeah. Fake it to the right and throw it to the left. <laughs> fake it to the right, fake it to the left, and throw it to the tight end on the middle screen, Mickey. <laughs> Sounds like some. Throw it to that running back. <laughs> yeah, throw so, it to the running back going down the sidelines and make a fabulous <laughs> over-the-head catch. And kind win of the a Willie Mays catch, Oh, right? what a great play. See, All we, right, we get good advice from these guys. That, Last right. week with Walt, now Randy. All right, final <laughs> minute here. Uh, what do we got next week here on the Cowboys Legend? Show, uh, we have Gil Brandt. All right, uh, been uh, nominated as it's, a. He's going to be joining Randy in the Hall of Fame this Hall summer. Of Fame candidate as a, a contributor, and 
I'm sure you went round and round on, you know, we don't have enough time to tell the story, but <laughs> on contracts with Gil, right? Well. He's your best friend, I'm sure. Not back then, but Gil, <laughs> Bill was a, uh, Gil was a great one, and if he, uh, he's another one I think deserves to be in that Pro Football Hall of Fame. Did yep. a lot for the game of football, a legend. All right, our Legends guest, Randy White, we appreciate you joining us uh, this week. And check him out on Sunday morning, Cowboys game day on CBS 11. Thanks to Danny Surek. Thanks to Neil McCoy as well. Thanks to you, Mickey Spagnola. Thank you, Bill. I'm Bill Jones, and we'll see you next week with Gil Brandt on the Cowboys Legends Show.